0: You you downloaded Super Auto Pets? Have you played it? Because that's been my recent addiction. No,
1: I figure if uh, if we're not gonna play Halo a- after the podcast, that's probably what I'm gonna play tonight. It's fair. Either way, we'll be having a good time. It's it's
0: been a recent addiction of mine, and it's bad, but at the same time, it's surprisingly good game.
1: <laughs> fair. Okay.
0: It's, it's just weird. It's 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 simple game yet gets. Really complex at times. to To get a good, to get a a decent comp that could probably go more than like six wins, you need to have like a decent understanding of like where everything's going, or have a good setup. I haven't even. All right. I was All like, right. there's like, there's like some like DLC pets that are are, are different from the other from the, the base pets, and I'm like, we might have to. Yeah, play that. Okay, do it. Do it see if you get 10 wins because i did it in like my 30th try hello and welcome to another episode that's just gamer talk i'm the gamer once before Joining join with me as always is tom cruise can't lose how you doing today i'm
1: doing very well my friend going very
0: well uh well i got yeah 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 what were we gonna say there hmm i don't
1: None of your fucking business. You go. You go.
0: I think it was my business because this now we're on the podcast. I did the intro, so we're, we're, we're going here. So now now uh, I need to know what you're going to say.
1: I honestly forgot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, as we're off to a great start, Uh you know, the things that <laughs> usually happen that are just like the uh, the stuff that always seems we miss it out on like a day, like last time we missed out on the Microsoft Activision stuff by a day and we ended up doing it a day later Uh, But today we actually got it on day of uh, with the PlayStation and Bungie uh,
1: partnership, buyout by Sony. Bungie, you fucked up. You should have released that news at like 8 p.m. tonight. And a right? That way we can complain about it. And we're just like, God
0: fucking... All right, whatever. Nope. So, yeah, Bungie's joining PlayStation, which... Yeah, uh, it, it the, the funny the funny journey that is Bungie, where it started as Activision. If it had stayed Activision, it would now it would be Microsoft. But now that it, but because it split off, it now is uh, PlayStation with Sony.
1: It gets even weirder. It, it started as a in-house Microsoft studio, That's true. and then they left. Then they joined Activision, and then they left Activision, and then they, uh, uh, and then now they're at PlayStation. So they were at Microsoft. So they had two chances to be at and stay at Microsoft, mm-hmm. and now they're a PlayStation Studio. Even even funnier, uh, they actually did approach Microsoft for this acquisition, and then Microsoft apparently turned it down because they thought they were asking for too much. So that's three t- opportunities they had to be at Microsoft Studio again. Really, it was for three point
0: six billion. Yeah, good. I mean, good for Bungie, I guess. Um, I.
1: I guess uh, depends on how you want to take that. Take that, I guess. Uh, you know, I I saw some people talking about it on Twitter. It does seem like a little expensive uh, for just Bungie when you consider like how much was Insomniac bought for. Uh, like pfft. fucking a couple hundred million, and for a few more billion dollars, Microsoft bought all of ZeniMax. I don't know. It's a it's a weird transaction to think about. It was uh less than a quarter million. Two hundred and 229 million. Fuck me. Hmm. That was a fucking amazing pickup by them then. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: when was like Insomniac was like pretty much like a Sony studio at that point I felt like, but it was because like just the amount of games they made that were like only released on the PlayStation, but like just they weren't actually Playstation. Yeah. So maybe that's that. How much how much do you, I guess, pay for the namesake of Bungie, though? Because like like Bungie was like known for they like they made a couple of Halo games like Destiny 2 is they basically have sustained uh, a studio just on Destiny 2 alone over the past couple of years, maybe a little expensive, but overall, I'm like, eh, I don't I don't think it's necessarily too, too much. Yeah. What does this mean for Bungie? I don't know to be honest with you. It sounds like they're, they from their PlayStation statement that they they plan on keeping it multi uh
1: multi-platform and that they uh still plan on running independently as a studio. Yep. I uh, I'm uh Jim Ryan put a lot of focus on uh, wanting the live service part of it to be like a big thing for them, so I'm guessing this is a get mostly for uh, services coming to their upcoming Spartacus platform. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, to maybe compete with Game Pass in a way. I, I I don't know.
0: Well, assuming that PlayStation is making like their own version of Game Pass, then Destiny Two would be a big one to have on it for a lot of people, probably. Yeah. Wasn't there already like some exclusive stuff for PlayStation? like for playstation people who played destiny
1: 2 yeah i think it was mostly early access to certain types of content or certain types of uh raid missions i'm not sure i'm not too sure because i haven't played destiny 2 for long enough but
0: either that or it was like specific guns were only available to playstation people yeah i don't remember I just remember there was like there was always that incentive to kind of play on PlayStation, but I don't remember exactly
1: what it was. It's weird to think about, and I think the multi-platform thing mo- mainly got me because even before this acquisition, I uh, watched. Yeah, you know it, You know uh, who Skillup is, right? Uh, I've heard
0: of the name before.
1: Yeah, I made a video recently talking about the uh, Activision acquisition by Microsoft and he was like yeah when people when microsoft bought you know Bethesda, they were like yeah you don't spend 7 billion dollars to put games on your competitor's console and he was like i don't know if that's the case with this one i feel like you don't spend 70 billion to keep your games exclusive to one platform and microsoft's going to be looking to expand like the game pass brand and their services elsewhere essentially and With this, it's making and PlayStation saying that they want to focus more on services now. It makes me think if there is going to be like a PlayStation 6 or like a next-gen Xbox or whatever, I think not only are those consoles like content-wise going to look much different than what we have right now, if they even exist at all. I think the demand for hardware is always going to be there, but I think... In the next few years, the gaming landscape is going to change drastically. And we're right now we're seeing the very beginning of that.
0: Yeah, with each with like Activision Blizzard was like the big push for for Microsoft. And now Sony's kind of like, well, we don't want to be left in the dust here. So Bungie, sure, we'll give you the three and a half billion. Yeah. Um, just to secure Destiny Two, I, and if they plan on making any other games, that that was that was the thing. I was like, so you are spending that much money for basically one game. Now, granted, that game has basically stood for oh god, how long is that game? How, I mean, if you include Destiny One, how long is how long
1: is Destiny been a thing? I think 2016 was when the first game came out, right? Uh, sound, maybe I'm underselling that.
0: I mean, that sounds right.
1: 2017 for the first for destiny two, destiny one was 2014 okay so it's been like what eight years yeah granted a lot of the people that worked on destiny one and even the release project for destiny two are not at that studio anymore which we should keep in mind but it's it's still going strong. Oh, like yeah. it's last few updates have been arguably the game's strongest.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it It's one of those games that you kind of just forget that it's almost there, but it, it is. It's kind of like for me, it's also kind of in that, that same same vein with uh, Final Fantasy 14. Kind of forget yeah. it's
1: a thing, even though it's probably one of the, if not the biggest MMORPG out there now. Uh, that comment I just made sounded snarky. I didn't mean to come off negative when I said that. Because current product uh, like the current Destiny Two is really really fantastic. The mo- that the update Shadowkeep did for that game was incredible, and they're doing even better now with like Beyond Light. And has anything come out since then?
0: Uh, I thought well, Witch Queen. I thought
1: when did Witch Queen came out? Because Beyond Light was November. Wow, that.
0: I feel like that wasn't that long ago that I, oh god, I don't know, I don't know that I don't know anything about Disney too, but I
1: Disney feel like this it's one of those games about that both you and me have talked about. Wow, at least a few days ago, the crane expansion, <laughs> February twenty second, twenty twenty two. Wait, no, that hasn't come out. I was yet. like,
0: no, it's not out yet. Yeah, okay, February twenty second. So this month, I guess, because it's technically the last day of January
1: yeah I feel like this is one of those games that you and I have talked endlessly about trying to get into, but every time we think about it, it's like oh. yeah.
0: i remember I remember playing Destiny 2 like when it when the base game went free to play, and I was just, and because like my brother wanted to get back into it and he wanted to play play with somebody if he did, so yeah, but I was just like after playing a couple hours I'm like, yeah, I'm not not particularly a fan of it and it, I mean it's a fine game, it's just not for me. It's one of those things that I think that I think it really dawned on me why it is that like some live like a lot of live service games don't really appeal to me is mm-hmm. because there's no end game I'm playing to other than like, oh, I can make the most badass character with the most badass gear and stuff. And, and that, but yeah, there's no motivation for me to do that. So, yeah, like, OK, cool, there's I got the-, the best stuff. What do I do from there? I don't know. Game's over then. Until <laughs> so the next expansion. You do it all over again. I'm like, eh, it doesn't quite yeah. seem appealing to me.
1: Part of me wonders if they're going to move on to like a Destiny 3, if they're just going to keep building on top of Destiny 2 now. Or even like, do you think there's a possibility they make a game like Kill Zone or, Res- or Resistance now? Or do you think they're going to keep uh, mm. keep just supporting. First, I mean,
0: I'm curious if Bungie like had any has 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 or had anything in the works prior to this. Like they had, like it, they hadn't announced yet. Maybe
1: I'm guessing there's like a small side team at least working on something. Well, obviously the main team works on the Witch Queen, I'm thinking they might have something in the works. I guess that's something we'll just have to wait and see on. Yeah, I see I feel like if they were gonna going to like approach someone for an acquisition they probably would have something like that you'd think or like or
0: potential like or using their expertise like you were talking about like their with their first person shooters like with Killzone or any other first person shooter game Sony may or may not want to make.
1: Honestly, I feel like if they were going to make a new first-person shooter, they would just make an entirely new one and move away from the whole Killzone resistance thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe they just make the new IP. Maybe like a first-person
0: new IP with Bungie helping out with it. It'd be fun. Who knows? It's always hard to speculate what what like an accusation... like An accusation? A- accusation. Jesus Christ acquisition acquisition thank you very much accusation acquisition What uh, like well, this. It's gonna yield in what, the what future we'll do? like like obviously the big one was the activision because it was there's so much that encompasses activision and blizzard whereas yeah. like bungie is we relatively know what this is going to be uh, other than the unannounced projects that we'll probably never really know about until they're ready to say anything about it mm-hmm. so it's 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 difficult and it's going to be a kind of wait and see thing. But what does this really mean for like like the gaming landscape? You said you want before that you wanted to ask me a question about it and I'm curious what that question
1: is. My question is, I kind of went over it in my little like monologue earlier, but do you think there there is going to be another PlayStation after like at say latest the PlayStation 6? Uh because I honestly think while the demand for the hardware will still be there like in terms of like Hardware exclusivity in terms of like services, I think a lot of that's going away. I Absolutely. think it, whatever, I think whatever the next gen Xbox looks like, it's going to have uh PlayStation Spartacus on there, and I think whatever the next PlayStation has, it's going to have Game Pass on there. I want to know what your thoughts are on that though. Well,
0: if if we do, uh, the the idea that cloud gaming is going to be the next. PlayStation or Xbox or gaming thing, then it, the hardware might not necessarily exist. Like maybe the they you could play X Cloud or PlayStation Cloud, whatever the hell they plan on calling that if they that is a thing in the future. Like unlike a streaming
1: stick or something.
0: Yeah, like a like a streaming stick or just like maybe like okay, well you can stream it right off of our servers, or if you want it to be a more seamless. Addition, uh, here's some hardware to help that along, so it's not, so it doesn't feel as uh,
1: clunky yeah. or as framey, basically, so that it runs smoother. I think that's definitely where things are going to start, at least, because cloud gaming right now is still very niche, and it just doesn't work as well if a lot of people want it to.
0: Well, if you think about like where we'll probably be by the end of the theoretical end of the X, Xbox series X and the PS five, like in like seven, eight, 10 years time, you would mm. think that probably technology will be good enough to the point where they, it could be a thing that they could maybe just needs a little extra hardware support rather than just like, Oh, here's a controller. Cool. Have at it. Here's our service. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think there will be some little piece of hardware, but it will be very minor uh, and will not cost nearly as much as, the, like, $550. it will probably be, like, maybe a couple hundred. Yeah. So I guess maybe that would be the next Xbox PlayStation, which is weird that we're scaling back in a way when you think about it, but... Yes. It it
1: does feel weird. It feels very very
0: weird. I mean, assuming that everything goes and cloud gaming actually works, and if all it needs is a little piece of hardware to help it help help it work, if it works and does well, then sure, maybe they offer a um, like beefy hardware at PlayStation if you want to not use the cloud service, which I could see some like really hardcore gamers doing that because then you're not using the cloud so much. You're it's all actually hardware and, and in it, and I feel like it's going to be a very generational thing if that happens where similar to what we're seeing with the, with the playstations and Xboxes currently where you can see a lot of the younger generation going for the more for the digital versions of the, of the consoles. Whereas like older Mm -hmm. gamers, like even you and me, We'll go, we'll get the disk drive. Yeah. I don't know. It. it this. I, I, we're, we're at the weirdest point of, of gaming, I feel like, where we don't know what the future is going to be.
1: No, it's very weird and very kind of intimidating in a way. I, I watched this video, I think it was. Was it Digital Foundry? It was. Uh, where one of the guys was talking about how in the next. Few years we could see like the potential like death of physical media in that kind of sense, and a lot of the stuff is going to just be downloaded off the internet. And a lot of people are lamenting at the idea of this, of there not being any real ownership anymore. Which is even someone that likes the idea of digital, like me, still likes the idea of owning all my shit. It's like I, it's why I bought buy games like Tales of Arise, Far Cry Six. I buy all those games, you know, on disc for, for my Xbox series X, despite apparently that not be meaning very much anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think it's just like, as weird as it is to say, I think we're just old gamers. Like we're, it's weird to say I, I truly do. Cause we're not old in any, in any sense of the word, like, but, In reality,
1: we are. I remember when uh, a bunch of guys, when a bunch of guys like us went on to Twitter to get when we were getting all excited because Nintendo was going back to cartridges again with the (laughs) Nintendo Switch.
0: That's a hundred percent what it is too. It's so it's so crazy to think about that. Like we're not we're we're considered the old gamers that or like the old like the the basically not the new generation of gamers right like no they don't they don't care to own anything on physical we I, and it's partially how we kind of grew up that there was no such thing as digital copies of games you you went to the store you got the disc you
1: popped in the disc that that was that was the game uh, uh, unless you wanted to go to a rental place like blockbuster or family video yeah now we're going real far back and the funny thing is, is you say really far back.
0: It doesn't really feel that far back, though, does it? No, no, it does not. Like, just think about even just last generation, like at the start of the PS4, digital digital sales were not nearly what they were now, that they were towards the end of the PS4's life cycle.
1: And just like just tech and the stuff that's surrounding it, it feels like it's moving forward at such a rapid pace and it's, it went from something that felt very like meh to something that's where something major is happening every few days almost like if you asked a common consumer what like a 20 or a 10 series card was like I think like even 5 to 8 years ago they would be like what the fuck are you talking about yeah yeah I have the PS3, man. That thing's a. (laughs) I love my PS3. That thing chugs, but it goes. Like, it
0: is really funny to, like, put a PS3 up against, like, a PS5 and just see, like, holy shit, the difference in just quality and (laughs) it's it's absurd.
1: Dude, when I, uh, it's not, uh, uh, clearly the PS3 has the advantage, right? Because when I'm playing my PS5, I don't get to pretend like I'm riding a jet. You know that thing's quiet, <laughs> but the yeah. PS3 it provides that unique experience where I keep uh, getting taken out of the experience by the fucking loud ass fan from the fat PS3. <laughs> you know the super emotional scene all years, you <laughs> and you're like, "All right, we take it off. Strap in, motherfucker." I've been meaning to get a fucking Slim for years because that shitty thing. I I had the fan cleaned twice now. It is not quieting down. It is the loudest, most irritating thing ever. It's like I'll be playing a game of Ratchet and Clank, and the character will be talking like, "Fucking <laughs> 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 uh, like the PS4's fan was no by no means good. It was not PS base thri- PS3 fan bad. I don't think anything's been that bad since." Hey, but I kind of want to go back to the 360. See if the that fan is still as bad as I remember. it being. Yeah, and and then
0: remember, you know, you're in the middle of the game. You're in the middle of Halo game, and all of a sudden the game it just shuts off. Red ring of death. They don't have that on the Xbox Series X. No.
1: <laughs>
0: Man, we had it good in the fact oh, we had that's... we had a hell of the time. See, but he's like, this is what I mean. It's like to. Kids that are picking up games for the first time like at the at like ten years old, they would never experience this stuff no, they never experience this stuff so the the world they come into is digital media so why do they care about Diz? They're like, it just gets in the way. Let me just download it real fast it, it's yeah. it's very much a generational thing It's funny as that is to say because it, it it really like it's a tale of two different generations where there's like there's our generation where it was like oh you grew up on the the PlayStation 2 and stuff like that even like even older people than us that play grew up on like the NES and Ataris and, and Gen- Sega Genesis like good god
1: go to like arcades and stuff like that oh god yeah
0: you know it is really funny cuz they were I was listening to uh, play watch listen and they were kind of talking about this because Alana was Alana Pierce was talking to he was a uh, he's a video game composer that did the I forgot his name that did like Banjo-Kazooie and the uh, 007 GoldenEye soundtrack <laughs> and they were like people would always go up to him and he's like yeah you were like my childhood and and stuff like that you like the, the your songs were like I still listen to them these days and I get filled with nostalgia and you and you realize that that was that was like ours but then you go to any kid that, like 5 years later and that's they don't eat goldeneye. what's that banjo kazooie what what what's that oh you mean the guy you mean
1: the the bear thing in smash brothers <laughs> you guys are so old i can't believe you play games that look this bad it's like boy <laughs> Yeah, when talk I was about your age, talk about a real Mario game, Kart oh boy, mar- when I was your age, Mario Kart DS was a 4K 120 <laughs> FPS video game.
0: It was like 8K, bitch. You,
1: you don't fucking understand.
0: To us, that was everything. Dude, the best thing was like you go on a field trip and one person had, a mar- had the Mario Kart DS and then everyone else DS download play so you could still play the game and yes. so all it is I just remember doing that I was like I was the kid who had Mario Kart DS bring that and they're like you brought it right and I'm like oh yeah so
1: then the whole hour and a half long trip we're just fucking playing Mario Kart the whole way there oh dude nothing that people, kids in my cast like to do is we would always all hop on a shit ch- picto chat like lobby yeah and then we would just write stuff on there like drawing like obviously inappropriate pictures and all this shit just draw dicks yeah, essentially, <laughs> that's all it was, and it was so much fun though. They just, every, everyone just turns everything, everything you try and draw into a penis. Uh, dude, I had a, like a group of friends that we all bought. I think it was Modern Warfare Three on Nintendo DS. Super oh, shitty god. game. Oh god, super shitty. We had a ton of fun with it though. Oh, uh, during like during like recess, we would just be hanging out in the hallways playing Modern Warfare. <laughs> on
0: our ds screens yep oh god see this, this is what i mean it's like we're old that's old <laughs> like no one does that anymore it's
1: old i feel like we talk about how old we are every, st- every I know, podcast. Now
0: it's it's just when you look at the way it's... like but going back to going back to what got us here with gaming trends that you don't see that shit anymore it's it's completely no. different and it, it's in in like it's it's always funny cuz PlayStation's kind of in that weird mix, especially especially PlayStation Sony where they're in the weird mix where they want to appeal to younger gamers cuz obviously that's the, that's the that's the future of gaming. Um pretty much like that's their that's your future customers pretty much. Yeah. And but at the same time they don't want to lose the customer base they currently have. That's why they keep making like these old franchises like God of War, they keep making Kratos like Like, what was it that Alana was talking about how they made Kratos basically a dad to appeal to dads (laughs) in real life? (laughs) Like, imagine, 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 like, God of War, like the most recent God of War game, but it's basically centered, like, it basically plays and feels like the old God of War games, where it's just like hack and slash, do badass cool things. Would it have been nearly as impactful?
1: Probably not. Yeah exactly that's what i mean i mean it wouldn't have gotten a bunch of old fucks like me being like oh it lost its identity <laughs> so but it's, it's what is it is funny to think about though Why does this last of us clone is supposed to be like golden axe from the Sega genesis
0: where's my hacking slash i want to i want to kill i want to be able to rip the head off of medusa and then use its use her head to freeze enemy to put enemies into stone
1: why doesn't Rush and Clank play like Minesweeper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're old and uh new kids are doing new shit. Yeah. And
0: like then downloading and, video then, games. Yeah, and then uh, assuming that probably by the, at least by the end of this year I would not be surprised that Sony and PlayStation renounced their game pass, whatever it is. PlayStation Pass, PlayStation Plus. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, that's already a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's always it's always really funny that uh, well, that I remember listening to RT podcasts a while back, and Gus was Gus was talking about what they wanted to make their uh subscription service called, and people were like, let's call it Rooster Teeth Plus, and they go it. that's stupid. Everything's called Plus. Now you look at it, there's Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, uh, I don't know, there's like so many other things that are just like, well, that's lame. I'm gonna have to fucking get Paramount Plus now, and that pisses me off. Oh yeah, you know that's a good that's a good segue right there. So you know, yeah, the, the Halo TV show had their most recent trailer.
1: What'd you think? Looks good. Looks like the best piece of like live action Halo media there is out there. Yeah, the fact that they the fact that uh, Steve Downs is not the voice of Master Chief means that he's going to take his helmet off. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but the Fact that it's in no way connected to like the main lore of the video game franchise. I don't know. For me, it, it that pretty much fixes everything. Like it could be the most awesome or shitty TV show of all time. Now it's like okay, it's it has nothing to do with my series. That's fine. they're just throwing
0: a comparison real fast to this. Yeah, where I I was similar to that where I was like I love. Lord of the Rings, and when like Shadow of Mor- or, like Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, basically like was just like, oh yeah, we're not canon, so we'll just do whatever we want. And I'm just like, I was okay with that because I was like, then you could just go absolutely berserk with it. And they- and berserk, they did, yeah. And it was like, it was cool. Like Shadow, like in the game Shadow of War, they made the not, they actually put names to, like faces to the to the Nazgul, and I was like, I. A lot of people criticize that, but I actually thought that was probably one of the cooler things that they did with it, with those guys, with those characters, because like, we don't know who these people are. We just yeah, I was like, why not? I was like, they were nine great rings of men. Why not just make them the nine great kings of the time? There was like there was. And and the fact is, you
1: like fought each one of them. It was pretty cool. Uh, And I, I never get how why people complain about that stuff either, because it's like. Well, if it's not canon, how does it affect you in any way? Like explain that to me. It you just, it makes no you gotta be a purist. Oh you gotta follow the lore.
0: <laughs> that was, I missed that was disgust that was a disgust throw right there.
1: <laughs> I gotta hit the horse now. Give me a second. Okay. Fuck. Okay, one more try. Okay, well we're moving on. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I I, I missed so many times. I
0: get get what you mean, though. It's like, who cares? It's a cool story, and it was like, it it made for really cool moments. Like, the moment in Shadow of War when Celebrimbor, like, betrays Talion, you're like, you felt that betrayal. You're just like, dude, we've been through so much together, and you're just gonna leave me for dead? Like, that's fucked up. And And then just like, oh, then you look off to the side, and you look over the side, and there's like, it's a Sealdor's ring. Holy shit. <laughs> We're going to become a Nazgul. Hell yeah, dude. That was awesome. That was like the coolest thing. I freaked out so much when I saw that the first time. So I, I feel like it's similar. Like, I don't know much about Halo. It was the similar to like when I went to go see the the Mortal Kombat movie as well. Like, I didn't know anything about Mortal Kombat. They gave us just enough contextualized stuff to know what's going on and understand the the relationship between like Scorpion and... and uh, I almost called him Frozone. It's not Frozone. <laughs> um, Mr. Incredible. God, what the fuck is the ice guy's name again? God damn it. Jack Frost. No, don't fuck Elsa. with me here. Uh, ice guy.
1: <laughs> Sub-Zero, thank Zero. God. Zero, that's his name for fuck's sake man you're talking about mortal combat you don't fucking know sub zero yeah,
0: like a that, that's like a,
1: that's like fucking talking about street oh. fighter and being like i wonder who the guy with the red bandana is
0: <laughs> well, yeah between like scorpion and sub zero and i was like i didn't know the relationship and i was like oh but they but, gave uh, us just enough context to understand that these two are just mortal
1: enemies yeah uh do you also play Mario? Wonder who the guy in the red hat is? <laughs> who's the guy in the green hat? Uh who's the who's the lady in the pink dress? Uh you go into flight simulator. Wow, I wonder what this game's about. <laughs> I'll I'll stop ragging. On you.
0: I just had a mind melt right there. I was just like, are you serious right now? I was like, are you are you are you serious? Ice dude
1: more
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm losing it anyway but that, that was the idea i was like i won't i don't know sh- shit about halo but the fact is that now i can go into this not really knowing where it's gonna go means that i feel like it's gonna be more entertaining not only for me but for people who are big halo fans
1: like yourself yeah i, I don't know like the, the... You, uh, like, I'll, from what I can tell, a lot of people are excited for it. The few complaints that I've been hearing have been kind of like fringe and stupid complaints. So I'm all for it. I'm ready. I mean, this could be like almost like a, uh,
0: Microsoft's like Mandalorian if they do it right. Oh Yeah, I think so, too. And you talked about like Master Chief taking off his helmet. It's like it could be just like Mando, and you, like in the Mandalorian. You didn't I mean, you didn't see it. You didn't see his face till like. What was it, like the last episode of of the well, first
1: season? At that at that, and we already kind of know what Chief looks like with his helmet off. Yeah, I understand that. So it's it,
0: it's not a huge deal by any means. No, I don't think it's a huge deal, but but I don't know. It, when you think about it, it's like yeah. Especially like you said, it's not in canon, so who cares really? I, I was I literally like, I was like, ooh, I, on my break today, at work today, I was just like, ooh, I should watch this because we're probably going to talk about this
1: today. <laughs> you mind the look of Cortana at all from the trailer? That's a big thing I see people complaining about.
0: I didn't mind. I was like, to like the idea that, oh, you make her like all blue, like, or like even like a CGI to look more like a hologram. I was just like, mm,
1: I kind of like that she
0: looks more human like. It's,
1: I, I mean, yeah, I agree. It's fine. All we really know about Cortana is that she's, uh, like, an AI that's supposed to look like Halsey. It's an AI, and she looks like Halsey, so. Let's not complain. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I don't see anybody talking about how good the elites look in that in that trailer. Dude, the, I will say it's, the elites. Holy shit, the elite they looked, looked really really good. good. <laughs> I well, I was like, what was that? That
0: I was just like, damn! I almost believed that it was like not CGI. That was like I was how good it looked. do you think, do you think that that the series will uh, appeal more to old old time uh, Halo Halo fans or doesn't or will it encompass everyone? You think?
1: I think it's gonna be like infinite where it's gonna try and encompass everyone. I think if anything, it's probably gonna appeal more to newer fans because the biggest thing I think the scriptwriter worked on was Halo Four. Which i remember was very divisive for people but i'm I'm guessing that they're gonna try and they're gonna try and please everyone i think sure why not let's get
0: that out of the way uh i'm only putting this i wanna i wanna f- point this out i'm only putting this next one in because just to point out the the caution you should put you should you should take when buying an n f t if you decide to yeah um Pretty much, uh, the story starts with there was, pretty much overnight, um, there was Minecraft NFTs made by this uh, relatively new NFT maker known as Blockverse. They sold $1.2 million worth of the NFTs, and within like a week, I think it was, uh, they all went down because it was all tied to servers. Oh, a few days later, my bad. And would you believe it? They didn't tell anyone that they were doing this, and they said that the costs were a lot higher than they had anticipated and that it was hard for them to keep servers up. Big surprise that if an NFT place went into NFTs, not even realizing how difficult it would be, and then they shut everything down, and went, Oh, it'll be fine. We'll be back. No one will be pissed at us whatsoever. Why the fuck did you think no one would be pissed at you after after like after shutting everything down without letting anyone know that you're gonna that you're gonna take down the servers? I, just just believing for a second that that everyone would just be okay with this and that they, people wouldn't think they were being scammed by this it is absurd to me. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's just absurd. So within the, within like a couple of days later, or well within like literally that day of, they went, they took everything down The The people who didn't buy those NFTs made a, made their own like discord server talking to the block first people about, you know, how to solve issues, what they can do to help. And if they needed to, uh, potentially look into any legal ish, any legal ramifications that they can if they have any legal standings. To which they're not really sure if they have any legal ish, uh, legal standings, which is half the reason why you, when you buy NFTs, be fucking careful. You have to remember this shit is decentralized. Yeah, you know, but it's blockchain. Uh, BlockFirst says that they'll be back once the issues are solved, but refuses to give back any of the money any any of the money that that, that was spent on the NFTs. Hmm, that sound that that doesn't sound shady at all, does it?
1: No, not at all. So it's like, NFTs though. It's I
0: know, but it, it, and I'm literally only putting this in as as to just show the cautionary of this. And look, maybe they're maybe maybe BlockFirst means what they say. I hope that they do for the people that spent the money on those things. But just be really cautious. And if you do buy an NFT, make sure they give you a download download page for it rather than being server-based. Because if they like this, if they shut down the servers, you can't access it. Also, I want to point out that because these are Minecraft NFTs, it is unofficial. So if Microsoft wanted to or could, I don't know if they have. I mean they technically have copyright over Minecraft but they're all they like skins which skins are made okay through third party anyway so do they yes but at the same it's it's this
1: weird gray area that I think they're kind of getting away with it's a thing that's in game it's it's hard because like there are people that can like still pay people to make like custom skins in Minecraft. Like that's a thing that you can do. Yeah. And Microsoft has no source to take any of that revenue. I'm not sure how it works with NFTs though. Yeah. That's why I'm like that's
0: why I'm like it kind of operates in this gray area that I'm not really sure how it works.
1: It's it's hard when talking about NFTs because even like the sa- safest NFTs you have every opportunity to just get fucking screwed out of your money quite easily like we had that post like i think it was not even a month ago where it was like okay guys i had this like big collection of apes and they're all gone now they've all been stolen i don't have ownership of any of them anymore yep of course everyone was like yeah it sucks to be you bro but it's like damn dude you just lost what had to be close to a million dollars depending on how many apes you lost yeah pretty much like like holy shit yeah And because there is no, like, possible, like, legal ramifications for something like that, it's like, what do you do then? Just like, well, fuck, there goes all my money. Yeah. So,
0: it's just a cautionary tale. That's why I wanted to put it in there. I think it's a prime example of what can go wrong very easily. So, when people talk, like, like, the next thing is with the Ubisoft, uh, uh, VPE, which I don't really care what his name is, I just called him the VP, uh, says that players just aren't getting NFTs. But when asked what the what it is that the players aren't getting, they he didn't really offer an explanation of that. <laughs> the fact, uh, but like the thing that like you kept trying to sell people that, that tried to sell people uh, the interview on is that players could resell NFTs when the have- uh, when they're done with it for profit, they say. Now, in a perfect world, he's right. But this is far from a perfect world. Uh, so that's not going to happen. You look at like even just look at the stock market, for example. Like that, that went. It's not it's often. It's
1: flux away all the time.
0: Yeah. And it's not often that you often you'll, you'll sell stocks for. For when they're for profit either. And the fact is, like with stocks, you just sell them back to the company. You don't, you you don't sell them to another person. Then not only do you have to get it when it's high, but you are also selling it to another person that's willing to spend that much.
1: It's just not. It's just never going to work like that. <laughs> it's just not. I'm sure they could structure their marketplace being like, okay, you can sell these items you earn for a profit, but it's like th- that's not what it, NFT. <laughs> that's not what NFT is. Ubisoft. I'm... Um, uh, I'm sorry, that's just not how it works. None of us believe that you're just going to give away money like that. It Yeah, and then and then, it, and then he talks about like, oh, but you don't even need to buy the NFTs.
0: You could earn them through playing. And I'm just like, but how? Again, this sounds like in in like in a perfect world, it sounds like, yes, then, oh,
1: look, it's free money. <laughs> or we don't live in Candyland. We live in the real world. And where it, shit costs money, and there's no such thing as free easy money.
0: And you know, it's funny. We we literally just got through our like, our whole discussion of like, there's like a general There there's like a generational gap between gamers uh, as right now, between at least for from from what I'm looking at. Like, I look back at like kids, like even my like my younger my younger cousins who are. Like got a Switch and they and they're playing a bunch of other games on their Switch. And also, what 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 if they were like playing like Assassin's Creed one day and they're like, I just got this like thing known as an NFT? What what? What is what is this? Why do I care? Like, they're not gonna know what to do with it. So this is all for like older people and in the end, older people older gamers don't fucking care about NFTs, they don't want to deal with it. It's just a pain in the ass.
1: I feel like this is the Uh, All this really applies to are adults who are already interested in blockchain and a lot of those people aren't interested in video games. I I don't get why there are so many companies that are like, oh yeah, video games are the next avenue where we want to take this medium when the consumers there just are completely oblivious to the idea. It's like we had that new Cryptoland thing too now that everyone's been talking about and first thing everybody did collectively in the community was laugh at it you're saying this took a year uh, of like pixar level animators to make this shitty trailer and, was, and this is supposed to be an exciting new video game that i want to get on and you just want me to buy your shitty nfts to get access to this game that most of us aren't gonna want to play it's it, it's so dumb it is so dumb but and it's like when i'm playing like A new Ghost Recon game or whatever. I don't want to spend an hour trading stocks in a marketplace. I want to play the fucking video game.
0: I feel like, like we say, every time we talk to NFTs, I don't fucking understand how they think this is a good idea. I I just don't. I just don't get it.
1: Oh, man. Maybe we'll make a remake of the game Wall Street Kid from the NES. That's their plan. Everyone loved that game.
0: I know. One, one of like, the best lines I, I saw that was written on this whole article was that games are surely uh, about having fun and being entertaining and an escape from the actual world of having to make rent or having a job. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yes. Can we just go back to making games? Games. <laughs> and not care about the real world ramifications. Don't give a shit. I'll give you like the 60 $70. Just please just make the game. Please don't, don't give a fuck about this
1: shit. It's like, okay, Ubisoft. Very simple. I get uh, you have product. Product is worth money. I give you money. You give me product. Transaction ends there. Basic. We business. don't need. Shh, we don't need all this extra fluff. I don't. I'm not buying fucking fucking Ghost Recon Wildlands so I can spend an hour trading NFTs in some god-awful store where I'm spending more money or making more money. I just want to play Ghost Recon Wildlands. That is where our transactions should end is that barrier to entry. Yeah, It's so fucked, man. And and like you said remember that like Ubisoft,
0: Square Enix, EA have all talked about uh NFTs being the future of the industry while well, look at look at let's look, well, let's look at another guy that's pretty big in gaming uh Phil Spencer who who's who stated multiple times that he's worried that NFTs are exploitive. Hmm. I don't know. It, to me it just shows that companies don't care how exploitative they are i mean it's that's that's no surprise considering that for how long loot boxes reigned in every games that ubisoft and ea especially those two companies put out for year after year during that during like the loot box heyday i'm not surprised they don't really care if it's exploitative and just like constantly showing that phil spencer is thinking about the players not so much about the game and not so much about like the profit margin now being a part yeah. of Microsoft can give you that leeway to not think like that, but at the same time, I
1: yeah. look at
0: how how well received like Phil Spencer is, and how well received Ubisoft and EA have been in recent years. Just saying, <laughs> uh, just saying. If more companies thought about the player, maybe we wouldn't be they wouldn't be considered some of the worst companies in gaming. That's just the Phil
1: Spencer effect, baby.
0: Just throwing it out there. I mean, Phil Spencer's been no, like, I mean, ever since he came to Xbox and like basically saved the 360 with the Game Pass. Yeah. Like, you mean Xbox One? Or Xbox One, not even 360. The, Fuck. 360. The 360, yeah. no, the 360 didn't, didn't need savings other than from the Red Ring of Death, but that was pretty yeah. easy. Uh, but yeah, the Xbox One, Um, he's only constantly thought about the player. And I was just like, yeah, that's. It's usually a good sign. Well, and then the other Ubisoft news, Hyperscape. Yeah, remember that game? I uh, wouldn't be surprised if you don't, uh that uh Ubisoft shitty BR game is shutting down. <laughs> oh wow, I'm surprised. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it's shutting down. April 28th is, uh, is apparently is when the uh, servers are scheduled to go offline. Man, I I think I I think I said that when they announced it in the in the in the weeks to come. It's, yeah like the weeks after it came out like i was not surprised to see that it wasn't doing well and i was like this isn't gonna stay in the test of time are you kidding me
1: no so the game was as, oh, wait, go as shitty of a, a as much of a shitty rush product as it was it, it there it is still almost a little depressing to see it go away and know that it like can't be played anymore Like, I know a lot of, uh, like, I know I bring this game up a lot, but uh, one game that I know a lot of people really hated, but I personally really enjoyed was Battleborn, and it it sucks. Like, no one, no one would be playing that game uh, nowadays, nobody. It had no following close to its closure, it had barely a community by that point, and it made sense to shut it down. It's just still kind of sad to think about. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying.
0: But for me, the game was not received well. And it had a good amount of criticisms that if they had listened to the players and fixed it, it might not be dead. So, in essence, Ubisoft did really support it. They didn't really give it the love or attention that, it, that they've given like, other games that yeah. have started out not received well uh look at Rainbow Six Siege for example or like any game movies office seems to put out these
1: days <laughs> uh, man they actually they actually there was a chance where they were about to bring back uh Ghost Recon Breakpoint from uh from its long long death and then they introduced nfts into that game and everyone else was like yeah fucking fucking nah we're not doing that bye no nfts
0: yeah like i said they they the ubisoft and the devs kind of did it themselves the games have for with very little changes as players moved to every other br game that was out there and i feel like by the time hyperscape kind of came out or to the point where even if they had fixed it Everyone's kind of moved on from BR games I feel like in a way. It's it is an odd thing to say but I I really do think that everything the the BR it is, fad has kind of subsided. It has undoubtedly. And then with players not playing the game, another problem other problems arose as soon as the game like and soon there wasn't enough players to even start a game. They lowered the they lowered the amount of players from hundred a hundred players to sixty players, and now they don't even have enough players to start a sixty man game. So that gives you an indication of how the of uh, how well that game is doing. Last time I saw that was Culling Two, and we all remember how that game went. Yep. And uh, if you don't know what that game is, there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> that- Holy shit! I will say, uh, watching one of my, one of my, one of my favorite streamers was big into the calling, and he was like, "All right, I don't think calling two is good, but I, I, I have to like, I have to at least give it a chance." And yeah, him playing the game ended up being a lobby of role playing, basically. <laughs> That's all it was. It was just like in the lobby, they were waiting for more people to to queue up, which never happened, by the way. And they all just sat around role playing. It was really funny.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's so bad. Yeah. Hey, Frontlines is coming out. It's true. I'm sure that'll do better. Oh, yeah. You know. (laughs) That totally just doesn't look like a Warzone ripoff in that at all.
0: Not even a little bit. All right. We got the ones out of there that I don't, I didn't give a shit about the NFT stuff and the fucking, <laughs> the fucking hyperscape stuff. All right. Now we can talk so, uh, talk about something that actually could, could be a nice little, uh, uh, talk about the uh, Elden Ring dev says they don't want players to stress about the difficulty of the game. It, it's one of those Indeed. things. Indeed. I, I don't know. It, it's, when I, when I, when I say that, it, it's, some a lot of people, a lot of people since like Souls games have continually come out over the years. Dark Souls one, and then there was the Demon Souls, or Demon Souls remake that came out for the PS5.
1: Not when that when that released. And everybody argues that there should be an easy mode. Yep. This is like the umpteenth time we've had this discussion.
0: Yeah, but I I always find it interesting that when the devs themselves. It put like put their perspective on on thing on stuff like that. So while there like they said while there undoubtedly would be boss that's not being the ground, there will also be plenty of easier enemies that 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 will allow you to fight. So like like you would see in like most like RPG type feels that if you are losing to a boss, just go grind a while. It's it's interesting that they they basically just said, hey, look, yeah. th- we turned Dark Souls into an RPG. <laughs> With Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, they said they are fully aware of the debate for the customized difficulty, but they said they don't like the idea of having an easy mode or even a customized difficulty because they said they love watching players overcome ad- like adversity and believes that makes their game that much better, which I will agree upon.
1: Yeah, 100%. I do want to make the case because I feel like a lot of people get this mixed up like i don't think what makes dark souls great is the difficulty it's the atmosphere and the world that surrounds it the uh, difficulty is just icing on a already well baked cake
0: I, I will argue though that the the atmosphere also encompasses you as a player uh, the player and all the enemies the fact is that all the enemies are that much more powerful to you that you are basically nothing to them Hundred a
1: hundred percent agree 100
0: percent. so I, I i love i like that aesthetic of those types of games and i think and, elden ring will follow the, that trend
1: oh absolutely and i what i love uh, the thing i like about the difficulty in the souls games is i think they even add on to the atmosphere of that game where it's like it makes you feel like you're big fat nothing in this more grand universe, or this big like dying world that used to be this big, fantastic fantasy universe. It 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 does so much for that game, and I'm glad that they're keeping that in for Elden Ring, but giving like the grinding option for players that might need it is is good. I think.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's going. Going back to the point that like they they That was a big
1: rant that made no sense and I apologize. (laughs) Nah,
0: you're fine. Uh the that the idea that um that you are weak and that all these enemies are super strong compared to you. It's I think it's Dark Souls one is like you wake up in the cells and you have a broken sword. And that's like that's all you have. Like that's it. Yep. And you basically fight your way up and then you open you open like a door. And there's like this big demon. There's like this big demon. You're like, I can't fight this thing. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like that moment right there just solidifies like what Dark Souls is to me. It's, It's you are puny human fighting against an army of demons that are much stronger than you to find a way to win. (laughs) <laughs> I un- I understand like the the idea that oh like I don't want to play on the hardest difficulty and some games I do like to play on easier difficulties especially when it comes to story but at the same time like if you like ge- if you like games like that like. I will play games that I lo- absolutely love on harder difficulties because I want that extra challenge. And it does it does make it feel more rewarding when you do actually beat that you do actually beat that character, that like boss that's been kicking your ass for the past couple hours. I mean
1: it's the reason like why me and so many other people will go through the pain that is nightmare difficulty on Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to be able to say, "Hey, I did that."
0: Yeah. And maybe you get an achievement for it to prove it, but yeah, it's <laughs> about it. And I, I, I want to just read this quote. It was like, we designed our games at the idea that players will learn from mistakes and get better as they learn the game and push limits. Uh, I think from software is probably, if not one of, if not the best, uh, designers for games like that, where it feels, it feels like if you lose, it wasn't because it came down to RNG or anything like that. It, it It is your mistake. Like, oh, I just misread this move. He was attacking the sweep. I thought he was going for the smash attack. Yeah. And people always call it rage inducing. But when I know it's me, I never usually get mad at it. I'm just like, ah, if I do, I get mad at myself. I'm like, ah, why didn't I see that coming? Whereas if like, I feel like I get screwed by like RNG or the game just completely fucks me over. And I'm like, all right, now I get a little, now I get mad. I know we've had, I know we've had this discussion, like you said, where we've talked about, oh, should games be able have a hard or easy mode? But I always find it interesting when the devs themselves chime in on it. Yeah. And
1: I think they're absolutely right in this scenario.
0: And then uh, last but not least, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Tool is apparently doing really well on Steam. Doing really
1: well on Twitch too.
0: Yeah. This is a... Kind of interesting because, like, apparently Yu-Gi-Oh is like because uh, it is. I think it's for its 20th anniversary. Is basically having a resurgence because, like, they have what? What is it? Like their cards are selling for a lot higher recently on like TCD player, and and then they put out Master Duel, which kind of like everyone's just like, shut up, getting Yu-Gi-Oh again. And then you remember, oh wait, they've added a fuckload of stuff that that if you're a returning player, you're like, uh, what the hell is a Link Monster? <laughs> it's blue. I remember blue cards being ritual monsters. <laughs> so that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. But according to uh, Steam, uh, it's. Apparently peaked at two hundred and two hundred and sixty-two thousand three hundred and thirty-three concurrent players at one time and has a mostly positive review rating on Steam. So that's pretty good. Uh yeah. I mean Yu-Gi-Oh finally made that like TCG, like online TCG to rival like Hearthstone and MTGA, the two like juggernauts that were that are like the card game, card game front when it comes to digital. Obviously MTG MTGA is kind of like the
1: MTG is a card game, indeed. I mean, MTGA, but like, you know, yeah, Magic the Gathering. I, I I know is like.
0: I mean, when you think when you think like card like trading card games, you usually think Magic. But I guess it depends on who you ask. Yeah, but I feel like for most people, it's like Magic. It's gonna be like either Magic, Pokemon, or Yu Gi Oh. Normally, yeah. yeah, those are the big three. I I always find it funny though whenever you go on TCG player that they're like they have like. They have Magic Yu-Gi-Oh card fight and Pokemon or Pokemon uh, Dragon Ball Super up there as like the four main ones, though. It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, it's I've like, never played the Dragon Ball card game or vi- or card fight Vanguard for that matter. I have. N- yeah,
0: I wouldn't even I don't even know what those cards are. I don't even I don't understand. I wouldn't know where to even start. The Dragon Ball cards are like they look. They look cool, but I I have no idea how the card game works. I mean that's similar to pokemon where i was like do i think anyone really plays the pokemon card game or majority of people that
1: probably buy cards do they actually play the card game fuck. no the uh, the meta decks that exist for pokemon are cheap as fuck like you can get a tournament winning deck for like 30 bucks it's it's insane yeah yeah because it turns out the good cards are not the most expensive ones it's the
0: ones that look the nicest
1: are the ones that have a reputation for some reason. Like yeah. Big Fat Gay Pikachu.
0: <laughs> Look, who doesn't like Big Fat Gay Pikachu?
1: Everyone likes Big Fat Gay Pikachu. Although, I wonder how much Big Fat Gay Pikachu costs now.
0: What is he? He was like, what, 300 last I checked?
1: Yeah. uh, Big Fat Gay Pikachu. Uh, around $162 it still costs right now. Really? I
0: was like it was 300 when it first came out It fell off at the uh, end of uh, 2021
1: Just I looking, guess so Looking at the market price Now if the market price would drop For 6 foot tall squirrel statues Or the or
0: the Full art lightning card
1: <laughs> Oh god How much does that one cost nowadays uh, I
0: think it was like 150 or something Last I
1: checked uh. <laughs> It went back up a game that we need how much is it now 190 <laughs> that's a game that we need to play i i I, ha, I have the cards for it you'll beat me still but i have the cards for it dude now. okay they put out uh, this is this is a
0: weird thing because i don't know how many people go into the final fantasy card game <laughs> but
1: it's I, our podcast we can talk about whatever the fuck we
0: want i know i i liked it and and maybe and maybe i'm also a when I'm, I'm like the Pokemon card collector when it comes to those ones. But like they put up the new set of Crystal Dominion and it has this weird mechanic where you make crystals and you can use those crystals to pay for other things. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know what's going on here. And I'm starting to get to the point where I don't care. <laughs> it's like, if the card looks good, sure, I'll I'll be okay with it. And yeah. I'm like, no, I've become a Pokemon card collector, but when it comes to Final Fantasy. Ugh. <sighs> uh. It's fun to own stuff, though. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, going back to Yu-Gi-Oh! for a second. It is the 20, Yu-Gi-Oh!'s 20th anniversary because it released uh, in 2002 uh, in, in North America. It released in 1999 in Japan in 2002 in America. Yeah. So, it is its 20th anniversary in, uh, uh, when it comes to the West. So that's why they released the Master Duel. I think they're releasing kind of like their own celebrations, kind of like what Pokemon did with where it has some of their bigger, probably will have like special versions of the Dark Magician and Blue Eyes White Dragon and whatnot. I assume like a Red Eyes, maybe like a Jinzo or something. But I, Dude, if they do that, there has to be a Dark Magician girl and it will probably be like the most expensive card in Yu-Gi-Oh! history.
1: Yeah, yeah, it will. <laughs>
0: yeah, going back to Master Duel for a second though, I actually I played it for like a couple days. And it was good. I I don't see myself playing it a ton just because I I don't I'll play Yu-Gi-Oh! for a couple of games and I'll be like, meh, I'm good. (laughs) Or I'll end up wanting to make a new deck almost instantly because I'm just like, oh, it's the same thing. I'll play this, do that, do this, do that, do that, bop, bop,
1: bop, bop. All right. We're good. The meta for Yu Gi Oh can be really weird and shit. Uh, I I was in a discussion about this on a few discords where people were like, "I don't like OTK decks in Yu Gi Oh and just how quickly you can win at games."
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel sh- like a duel. Is it? It just feels like solitaire.
1: Yeah, and that's a problem that we eventually ran into in our friend group and. It was really good for a long time uh, like uh, looking back at our personal history with Yu-Gi-Oh I think we I think we started off pretty slow where mm-hmm. most of our games would last quite a few turns uh, that's back when we first thought like um, mystical space space typhoon like negated spells as opposed to like yeah just destroying them mm-hmm. and that changed a lot yes once we it. figured out what it actually did. It and eventually got to the point where we were building decks where, in a single turn, you a you would have a full board. There was basically nothing your opponent could do against it. You could negate this many spells, or win this way, or win that way, or draw Zodi on your first turn. It, it, it was a mess. To say the least, it was. It. I was like, there was one deck that I
0: really that I really liked playing. It was like. And it was back before they had banned Firewall Dragon. It was the Ulock deck where the whole point is to cut your opponent off from being able to play anything from the extra deck. And it was just like, this isn't good to play. It's not fun to play yeah. against, and I don't like playing it. I did it for because I wanted to win the tournament or try and beat Evan.
1: <laughs> and then I was just like, why did I do this? Why? Have I, why, why, why did I do this? Uh, that's why I built that one Dark Magician Red Eyes deck where you could bring out that fucking broken ass Dark Magician Red Eyes card. Yeah, and it's like, wow, I hate this thing with a deep passion. Yeah, and from what I can tell, Master Duels is kind of like, it's
0: good. Like it, 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 it's good for new players. It's good for returning players because it does basically put you like if you do the solo stuff it basically teaches you how all the mechanics work if you haven't played since I mean I didn't play Yu-Gi-Oh until I played Yu-Gi-Oh up until about what was it five d's which was synchro monsters and then I took a break and then I was like pendulum monsters what the fuck is that link monster uh excuse me uh <laughs> I, I, I have no idea don't know <laughs> so i was just like yeah i'm good i don't i don't need to but at least it gives you like a a good idea of how those cards work yeah uh it also doesn't the thing that i i noticed as well is it doesn't feel like it nickels and dimes you to death like it, it they give you enough game currency to start that you can make a pretty good deck right off the bat and and slowly work your way up to to building another deck. They also have a card crafting system that was missing from legacy of the Duelist. So you could make specific cards if you don't end up getting them, which is good. Uh, how that necessarily works. I couldn't tell you, but it's a thing that is in the game is in the game, which is good. (laughs) Um, they also start out the you like open packs and then you can start and then if you get a card you like, you, you can then narrow it down to cards that are like that card. So if you want to get a specific deck type, all you have to do is open one card of that deck type and you can narrow it down. Again. So I thought it was good. It's a it's a good way to get people to play Yu Gi Oh for the 20th anniversary, I guess. Uh but like I said, I don't see myself playing it a lot.
1: Me neither. I still like Yu-Gi-Oh. I just I'm not a fan of its meta.
0: It's one of those games that you play for short bursts of period, like short bursts of times, and you go, "Oh, this is fun." But playing yeah. it for too long, it just gets you like, oh, you're just, you're just like, uh, just stop. Let me get stopped. For uh,
1: I do want to go over this card real quick for people that don't know <laughs> what I was talking about. I spent a lot of money on this card. I should have, for how upsetting this effect is. Uh, Red-Eyes Dark Dragoon cannot be destroyed by card effects. It cannot be targeted by card effects. During your main phase, destroy one monster your opponent controls. If you do, inflict damage to your opponent equal to that monster's original attack. You can use this effect a a number of times per turn up to the number of normal monsters uses fusion card material for this card. So... Two. You can do that up to two times normally. Once per turn, a card. Uh, what, once per turn, when a card or effect is activated, I can activate a quick effect, discard one card, negate it, and if I do, destroy that card. And if I do that, this card gains a thousand attack on top of a thousand, three thousand attack monster that can be summoned by one spell card. So that's cool. It it's shit like this where it's like, okay, Magic Magic the Gathering has is broken shit. It it, obvi- it obviously does. At uh, like every oh, card game has to. It doesn't have this though. <laughs> this like that's really stupid. <laughs> and
0: and the thing about For- and the thing about like Magic is like if it does have a card with that. I mean, it it kind of does have a card like that, but it takes yeah. it takes a long time for it to get out because That's, of the, how the game naturally
1: works. Uh, so uh, so you have time to react to it. But yes. this uh, with this thing you can bring it out super easily on your first turn mm-hmm. through multiple means and it's like, "Okay, cool. What the fuck am I supposed to do about that? How do I kill it? I can't use card effects. You're going to uh, fucking get uh, negate everything that I try to do to it. It's gonna gain, uh, go up to like five, six thousand attack on one turn, and it's like cool. I have nothing that can swing over that. You just win. I think the I think the biggest compl- uh,
0: the biggest complaint uh, I've seen a lot of like a lot of old school Yu Gi Oh fans, Yoni included, is just like like you said, the pacing of the game is just so fast. Like yeah, du- like duels are over by like turn three, four, like. I I remember playing games where it was like I'd be playing for an hour and we would be like halfway done with the game. <laughs> that was like that was just how slow and tedious duels were. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, let me just play this, do this, do this. All right, I win. That that was it, huh?
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, one of my most notable duels with Yu Gi Oh I still think back to was Noble Knights versus the Cubic Monsters because. We were both operating at like full effect. It was obviously me versus Evan, and there were so many little intricacies. I think that game lasted close to an hour, if not a little longer, because of just how much shit uh, was going on. And it was it was awesome. Yeah. And it feels like duels nowadays just don't work that way. There is like I think isn't there a
0: ver- there is like a a format of Yu Gi Oh where it's like after a certain i th- i think it's before anything before synchros were introduced is free game and that that's that's the whole format like that your deck can consist of cards that are before a certain set and that's 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 the format and then people love that format because it's old school yu gi oh pretty much it's classic yu gi oh yeah. that's why i was i always found that interesting that that exists and i was like i almost i'm almost considering like trying to convince evan to like make that a tournament and see how that goes but i don't know i'd be completely
1: down for that the yeah. problem is i think a lot of people in our friends group just don't have decks like that anymore if they yeah. still even have their own Yu Gi Oh cards and i think a lot of us will just be going for like the exodia aggro deck at that point i feel like this is we, the kind of discussion that we, we needed to get gentle in on
0: yeah it's true i don't know it, it's one of those Yu-Gi-Oh! is like another one of those like things is like oh we have fond memories of I don't necessarily know if we ever go if we'll ever go back to it
1: yeah some it's unfortunate I hope we go to magic again at some point we haven't done that in a long time yeah it was it was at the start it was
0: uh, like COVID was the thing that was kind of like I'll we'll wait this out for like a year take some time off and think about how I want to do some stuff yeah um and then I just kind of got lazy and haven't really put it together, although we definitely could now. This isn't Yu-Gi-Oh! related. We're mo- I'm moving on to one thing I just remembered. Uh, Final Fantasy VII turns 25 this year. So they, the devs of the Final Fantasy VII Remake talked about, you know, how amazing it is that even on the 10th anniversary, because technically the Final Fantasy series is 35 years old this year, Um, that... Like, it's that we spent, like, they spend spent, like, a quarter of a century, like, loving Final Fantasy VII. And the fact is now we'll be coming back to Seven to do what we originally wanted to do with Seven is pretty crazy. And they talked about their next project of Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Evercore.
1: It's supposed to be announced this year, right? Yep. We're going to get, well, like, a formal announcement sometime? They announced
0: soon. it today. They, they put out a tweet for it that that's the next game they're working on.
1: Okay.
0: And I'm sitting here going, shit, I loved Crisis Core, man. If you're gonna tell, if they're now gonna mess, if they're now gonna do stuff with Crisis Core that already shakes the foundation of everything we know from the remake, I think it just became my most anticipated game over Over Silk Song like, to play next. Like the instant that Get. shit goes on on sale, I'm fucking buying it and I'm playing it. My nice. only hope, my only hope is it's not PS5
1: exclusive. I'm edging at this point. Because it's like uh, we're a few weeks away from Horizon Forbidden West coming out, and I'm like, you know, it's a hundred bucks above MSRP. What the hell? Do I just do I just give in to the scalpers at this point? I don't is know. that what we're gonna do? I feel like it's the decision is between that and some overpriced fucking bundle that I don't want to pay for. So, so it's like, like, do I want to pay six hundred dollars for a PS Five or do I do, and just just get the PS Five, or do I want to pay eight hundred and get all this extra useless crap that I probably can't sell and just won't want? It's so weird.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I wouldn't. Bl- I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, I was just like, I, I, I saw they put that out on Twitter today, and I was just like, fuck, <laughs> I, cri- like, I. I liked, I liked the original seven game, but I thought Crisis Core took it to the next level when it comes to the, that storytelling. and then and then the remake happened, and I sat there and went, "Well, shit! <laughs> All right, this just shook everything uh, that I that I thought I knew. And so I'm just like, yeah, I'd be curious to see what they do with
1: uh, Crisis Core now." Well, this will be good for me as someone who's never played Crisis Core.
0: Oh my god! And you've played the remake.
1: Yeah. Oh, Alex, you disappoint me. Well, uh, okay. All I need to do is get a PSP emulator, Look, and then we'll be rolling. Okay? You don't even.
0: Okay, I would. I wouldn't even blame you for not want to not being able to play the game. But like, just watch the cutscenes. Like, I, I, I've told people I was like, it. I'm trying not. Like there is something big that happens in in seven in the seven remake that I don't want to spoil because it literally is something you only experience once. But like to get the full effect of it, you need to have at least watched the cutscenes of crisis core.
1: I will play it. Don't you worry. I just need to get a PSP emulator. Just, work. just it's it's two hours of, of, of cut scenes and that
0: tells you everything you need to know and it gives you all the, and all, all the story that you want. Well.
1: OK, uh, I, I I do want to do that. But just sitting here l- listening you, to you talk about like how awesome of a game it was. It's like, oh, well, I want to try that now. I for me, I for me, some of like some of the best
0: characters that I think Square has ever made was in Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core and okay. uh, with Angeal and Genesis and Zack, the the three characters that are not in seven. <laughs> And, and then I will, I I will say like, it, I know the movie, I know this wasn't, the movie wasn't received well, but the King's Glaive for final fantasy 15 with setting up Nick's Ulrich as like the, I liked that movie. So I'm going to tell you right now, review scores are not great. Uh, and a lot of people I talk about say that was shit. <laughs> and I'm like, Hmm, I actually thought it was pretty good. <laughs> People didn't like advent children either. People are stupid. That's true. Advent children is fucking dope. Uh so I said I sat here and I went. And Nick Ulrich, I think, is like the, the saving grace of it, but also the bad guy for that. I forget his name. I I I totally forget. Like the guy who ends up killing King Regis. Oh, dude, like those those two and the like. I guess spoilers for the movie if you care, but Nyx is not a part of the, uh, you, you know, he's not a part of the the Lucis Callum line, but he ends up putting on the ring. And the ring. Is of,
1: Stratus is the uh, bad guy for yeah. the movie.
0: Yeah. And then he puts on the ring, uh, uh the, the, I forget the, what the ring is called, the ring, the, 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 the uh, Lucis ring. And uh, he ends up like facing the, the King's Vold. And normally what happens if you put on the ring, We and we saw that with, uh, uh oh god, I need to play 15 again. <laughs> what's the, oh god, what's uh what's uh, Luna's brother's name again? Ravis? I don't no, something like that. Um he ends up putting on the ring and loses an arm <laughs> because he was rejected by the by the ring. And the fact is that he puts on the ring the king and he stares the kings of old in the face and goes, Hey, if you do nothing, you're going to lose everything. And he's like, just give me the power to fight for an hour with the, with the ring. And I'll save everything that you, that you guys don't do. And he literally basically said, hey, fuckers, get off your lazy ass and do something about it. Give me the power and I'll do it for you. So they gave him until dawn to fight and win and basically stop Ifrit and all, and all of the other like things destroying insomnia and did so and then in the end he was just like and and the rest is up to you kid as he hands the and he hands the loose' ring off to uh uh luna's dog and then luna obviously gets the, gets the ring afterwards and just dies and i'm like that's awesome i nix was probably one of my favorite it char- was probably one of my favorite characters that never was shown off in final fantasy 15 was never even alluded to in the game like you wouldn't even know he existed if you'd never watched that movie. Watch Watch Kingsglaive if you haven't already, yeah. and watch or, or and and at least watch the cutscenes for Crisis Core before you play the remake or anything like that, because uh, it makes a certain scene that much more impactful. <laughs> to anyone that's played the Anyone that's played the remake, you know exactly which one I mean. But yeah, I I just remember that I just remember that happened today, and I was like, fuck! I literally got my next game. I I want to play so badly now. Then again, I've talked about the instant I finished the remake of Seven, I wanted to play more of it, and I'm like, it pains me
1: to know that it's going to be a while before we get the next part. When do you think that's going to come out? You think like 2023, 2024? I,
0: like ho- I hope early 2023 at the at, the, at the, like the latest, but we'll see. In the end, I guess we we'll, we we might have uh, Final Fantasy 16 at least for some we
1: have that and. For some Sons moment. of Sons of Liberty, the chaos one, whatever that's. Oh, it's that uh, Strangers Neutral. of
0: Paradise, which actually that, I think it comes out in a couple is it in a couple of weeks, I think.
1: Yeah, I you think know, probably. I feel like everything's fucking coming out in February. I think I'm pretty sure, which stra- is weird sure Strangers to think, of think about. Paradise
0: is coming out. Uh, years of Paradise. Uh, Initial release date. When is the give me the freaking release date, bruh? March we- 18th. Okay, it's March. And we're like a month and a half away from that then?
1: Yeah. Dude, fucking Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West comes out in a few days. Yeah. And then
0: uh, uh the game that, that I completely forgot about, Pokemon Legends Arceus, came out not that long ago. And to be honest with yeah. you, I don't give a shit about it. Like, my brother's shown me some of this, some stuff about it, and he goes, Ah, oh, he likes it. And he might. And he, I think he said he only ended up getting it,
1: but I, I don't care. As I figured, I would with with that game. I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I'm at a point where I, it's like yeah, I like Pokemon. Let's have less Pokemon shit. There's a lot of Pokemon stuff on the Nintendo Switch already. Like we already have. We obviously have Arceus. We have the uh uh. Uh, we have the remakes, we have Pokemon Go, we have Pokemon Sword and Shield, we have Pokemon Snap. Is there another one still? There's a Pokemon, uh, fucking Pokemon League of Legends game. Oh, Unite, yeah. I-, I think there was one more, too, that I'm not thinking of. Even if there's hey not, Hey, you that's... Pikachu! <laughs> Fuck it, make a Hey, You Pikachu remake or a sequel, why not? Uh, what is it, uh, the Neopets, but Pikachu pets.
0: <laughs> Wasn't that basically AU you Pikachu, though?
1: Yeah. Dude, I, I saw this great post recently where everyone was talking like, wow, Sony bought Activision, Microsoft... Uh, I mean, Sony bought Punchy, Microsoft bought Activision, everyone's making these big acu- uh, accusations. Fuck.
0: <laughs> Acquisitions.
1: Did yeah. And then here's... Uh, Nintendo off in a corner, being like, "Hey, we're making this game where Kirby goes fishing." <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 so awesome how they can just do whatever yeah, the fuck it they want. Really
0: is very funny that it's just like no matter what, Nintendo will remain untouched, and nobody will. Care. It's like you just see you just see Microsoft and Sony ex- exchanging blows back and forth one another, and then like they, then there's the picture of Kirby fishing, and you
1: go, "That's Nintendo right there." yep <laughs> i want the i want the fishing game <laughs> me kirby fishing it works too though it's, it's almost depressing but it works it's so well it really is it really
0: is it's really funny and it will always be eternal because micro, er, microsoft <laughs> and nintendo uh, it just has so many <laughs> iconic franchises like zelda kirby mario yeah like they're going nowhere <laughs> Uh, for as much as I hate that Square is going into stupid NFTs, I just hope they never find their way into, uh,
1: please don't bring those into Crisis Core, fuck or, me, or just, just any
0: Final Fantasy game, like, just
1: don't, please, dude, I'm worried though, especially when it comes to Final Fantasy XIV, I feel like that'd be the perfect avenue to start selling NFTs in, oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, guys, people still like that game. People really like that game. Don't kill it. Like Don't it so... kill it with your NFTs. Uh, pe- uh, uh, people are still fighting to get into servers for that game. Don't make it so that the servers are completely empty.
0: Hey, then there'd be the real estate though that people have been talking about that there's no real estate in the game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're gonna add NFTs into Final Fantasy fourteen because our players want it. You guys asked for it. No, no, here no.
0: it is. Remember, remember, they said that they say most players won't want it, but they're still gonna do it anyway. How long till we get super auto pets NFTs? <laughs> they're already NFTs. Just kidding. They're not. <laughs> that game, that game is just like it's basically. I feel I feel like that game is just a jo- like a joke when it comes to like. The auto, uh, like the auto, uh, the
1: simulated games or whatever. It's it's fucking called Super Auto Fucking Pets. But and and let 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 me finish. I hear that and I think, oh, it's a joke. People are people are like boosting the thing for meme value. And then you and Brendan come along being like, Alex, it's the tightest shit ever. (laughs) So now I have to fucking try it. It's, it's something you, you, you play a game. It takes like 20
0: minutes and you're just like, all right, that was fun. And like, and it was like actually like challenging because people take it seriously. And, and it's not like over the top, like crazy that you're never going to understand anything. Like, like a certain auto battle or no (laughs) TFT And, and it just it just works. So it just works so nice. Nice. It, it's one of those times where it's like you don't need super crazy complex mechanics to make a game fun. <laughs> just simple little mechanics that make it. To make it good, that are the reason people started playing to begin with. Play it. Fuck if you haven't me. played it, play it. <laughs>
1: I downloaded it.
0: I I bought. Oh oh, it's free. Okay. It's free. I mean, there's a DLC pack that, that adds new pets if you really want to, but uh, the base pets are free, and you're never gonna play against other people with the DLC pets because they separate those. Okay. So it's nice. We Fair. began with Super Auto Pets. Let's end with Super Auto Pets. <laughs> and everything in between. Yep. So anyway, thank y'all so much for watching, for listening. Uh. Sure to follow to my buddy Tom Cruise Can't Lose at his Twitch channel. Uh be sure to uh like subscribe to the podcast, do leave a review, tell people about it, all that good stuff. Uh uh. You can find it on any podcasting platforms if you're already listening to it on on podcasting platforms. Good job. You found it. Proud of you. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see you all next week when we talk about more probably Super Auto Pets. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Anyway, that'll be all for us. Bye-bye.